0: I'm your host Sarah Boss and welcome to Attainable Podcast. Hi guys and welcome to the attainable podcast i'm super glad you're here if you're new my name is sarah boss i'm your new best friend or internet grandma depending on where you're coming from um and i've got a guest with me today and i've got a very cool guest her name is penelope jane smith and she is a financial expert helping women uh embrace their financial freedom and learn about investing and i thought it would be great to bring her on because this is a conversation that we like dabble in quite a bit um and I wanted to bring on a little bit more of an expert than me and we've even been talking about some things off camera and I have some questions even for my own like financial uh plans and all that kind of stuff so this is gonna be a really good one Penelope thank you so much for coming on
1: I'm so excited to be here Sarah I can't even tell you because geeking out about money is one of my favorite things (laughs) in the whole world and most of the people I work with are 50s and up and a lot of your audience is younger and just getting started and that's really exciting because you can get the power of compound interest on your side and I'm like, okay, great. Compound interest, yes. So happy that you're here for this because it just makes life so much easier.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of Gen Zers um and some millennials as well. I'm like right on that cusp, so I get to reach in both ends depending on my personality that day. Um so yeah, but a lot of people listening um they are curious about financial freedom, curious about like budgeting and planning, uh but a lot, we just don't know what to do. We you know, not everybody comes from a household that speaks about money freely um or had somebody that was able to come in and kind of set them up. Um like I had my grandfather, he was able to say, "Hey, this is what a Roth IRA is, and you need to be saving for retirement and like look into your investments and that kind of thing. Um, very rare for somebody to have that in their life. So we're gonna we're gonna be that today. I'm gonna bring you in so you can be like, okay, if I'm like internet grandma, you're gonna be like the fun aunt who like tells everybody how to get rich. So perfect. All right, let's do it. Let's do, do it. Uh, but well, like, can you give a little bit overview before we like dive into like the deep information? on what you do, who you are, and how you got started, like why why do you do what you do.
1: Cool. So what I do is I support women entrepreneurs to become financially free. And my specialty is working with them to become financially free in 5 years or less meaning that your passive income, the income from your investments pays all your bills, pays for your lifestyle, so you don't have to depend on your business, a job, the government, an adult child, a partner, or anyone else for money. And part of why I'm so passionate about that is freedom is one of my highest values, right? And when I was in school, I had it pounded into me that I had to like get good grades and build my resume and get a job and commute for the next 40 years. And that idea completely depressed me. So when I learned that I could like run my own business and invest. I was like, how come nobody talks about this? Like people need to know this. And then I found out that just like in a lot of industries, there's an inherent gender bias. And this this is a big deal because in the financial services industry specifically, 86% of financial advisors are men. Most of them are over 50. And when they're creating products and portfolios and investments for the average Person that person is the average man, and mm-hmm. this is in a lot of industries. Like even safety testing for seatbelts, based on the average person, is based on the average man. And the result of that is that more women are injured and get killed by seatbelts than men do. It's like oh my god, I did not know that. This happens everywhere. Like heart medication. I mean, there's there's so many. Like women are literally just like excluded and dying because of the inherent gender bias in a lot of these industries. So, when it comes to financial services, those models don't take into account the differences in our lifespans, the differences in our career paths and goals. And what ends up happening is statistically, women end up with less money at retirement, but it has to last us longer. And then, when you're an entrepreneur, of course, your income fluctuates. So, I I work with plenty of people that aren't entrepreneurs, but the reason I specialize in working with entrepreneurs is because cash flow planning and forecasting and that sort of thing yeah. it becomes a lot trickier when you don't know what your income is. Yes, it does. And then <laughs> how do you balance between investing in your business and investing outside of your business, right? So these are questions that most financial planning tools or financial planners or experts don't ever talk about.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you as an entrepreneur yeah my everything fluctuates and trying to keep everything and honestly um confidence i think my confidence in like just looking at everything am i doing the right thing if i have my plan set out in front of me am i investing in the right things and i i am one when you said financially free in 5 years or less i'm like holy crap that's like dream like that's it's freaking fantastic and When I heard about this concept of, I, when, oh, and freedom, freedom, number one, um, are you an Enneagram person? I'm about to Enneagram you right now.
1: I'm just a little, like when I take the test, I, I get split between a three and a seven. Okay. Reading the descriptions of them, I think I would call myself a seven because I'm so adventurous but I, but I have a lot of three too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a seven. I'm a seven hard. I'm like, oh yeah. okay, like, heck
0: yeah. And high five. I'm case study seven. So freedom is everything to me. And I am just like you. I was like, I can't be stuck in an office and I can't, and, and not to say, you know, that like a nine to five job is bad. I'm not going to go into like nine to five bashing. Um, but this idea of you know you don't necessarily love your work but you just kind of do it and you transport back and forth and and this is just the way it is. Oh my god, if i hear that it's just the way it is, i immediately i'm like try me. Okay, you think that's how it is? Try me. I will i will find a way to make it not is that. Totally. Like no. Um so i love that. But my confidence that's why i'm excited to talk about today. My confidence is i'd say higher than some but still lacks. And I think that comes from the lack of education, lack of expectation for women to understand those things, assumption that women don't, and they're not going to handle the money. Um, and they're not interested in that. And it's just not true. And you find women in their, you know, thirties, forties, fifties in dangerous situations where, their, maybe their ha- husband passes, God forbid, and they have no idea how to sustain their income. They have no idea how to manage any of the accounts. They did not have any involvement and now they're screwed. And I'm like, okay, one, I want to protect myself too. I want to raise an army of women who are like mm, financial independence and I don't even work. So great. <laughs> um, yeah. that's like big gold dreams. So, um, on, I, I was reading some of your stuff and you talk about the difference between making money and growing money, which I think is super intriguing. Can
1: you explain that a little bit? Totally. Well, the truth is these are totally different skill sets and we get some training on how to make money, but we really have no concept of growing money. And it's like two totally different worlds or like two different sports with different rules. Like imagine you're playing baseball, right? And you try to take those rules and apply them to figure skating. Like it just... (laughs) it's <laughs> just not going to work out. You're probably just going to hurt yourself, you know? So in the make money world, you're, you're trading your time or value or expertise for money. That's your energy. That is like the hardest thing you will ever do. That's your blood, sweat, and tears to actually generate some income. And then of course you get taxed on it. And I mean, it's like making money is the hardest part. And that is like what we're so conditioned to do. So even just shifting from like selling your time, like a lot of us got taught in school uh, to charge, you know, X amount an hour, even like shifting from selling the value instead of selling your time, like that helps, right? That's yeah, a shift.
0: That could literally be a podcast episode in itself. Like not just totally. talking about money, but talking about work, your idea of a career, how you interview, how you present yourself, like that could go into a whole nother thing.
1: Yeah. But even then you are putting your, your time, your energy, your creativity into creating value for someone, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's based on your effort. So the rules are you put an effort and you, you might care like, you know, work hard, play hard or hard work always pays off, which by the way, does it always? No, no it, does does not, it does it's not. It's like, no. where does that even come First from? If It
0: depends on somebody. If you're, de- if it's dependent on somebody else to pay your paycheck, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. And then we have this whole like Puritan work ethic of we all have to be constantly busting our asses to like feel valuable as human beings. Right? Nice. Like sometimes people will American culture. Yeah. People will say, like, how are you doing? And if I say I'm busy, they go, Oh, that's good. I'm like,
0: why (laughs)
1: is that good? Like I don't I've you never know? heard somebody say it like that before. It's That's weird. So funny. There's there's this whole like adrenaline lifestyle hustle culture that I'm just not into. I mean, you you've probably even talked to people about like creating side hustles, which yeah. you know can be helpful. But like, I I don't want more hustle. Yeah, it's not what I'm. Yeah, looking we're for not like- we're
0: not into hustle culture here. Like yeah. I know that hustle culture is anti freedom. That's just yeah. tying yourself to a job that you created.
1: And I am totally up, I'm totally willing to work hard on the right things. Yeah. I'm not a lazy person, but just like this whole being busy for busy sake or hustling for hustling sake to like feed my feeling of value as a human being. That's what I'm not into. Yeah. Right. And then you look at the grow money world and that's totally different. That's where instead of you working hard for your money, your money is working hard for you whether you're working, sleeping, or playing. And that can actually cause kind of an identity crisis. Cause it's like, if I'm not working my ass off, who am I? Yeah. So there is some learning to do around like having it be okay that my money works hard for me. And the truth is like, your money can work way harder for you than you can work for it. You know, it doesn't need to eat. It doesn't need to sleep. It can just be like working and growing and multiplying and having babies. And those babies are having babies like 24, seven, 365. it never stops, which is awesome. Yeah. Like if you took, like, let's say you started when you were 25. Okay. Which I'm sure we have some 25 year olds. Yeah. In turning
0: now. 25 in June. So this is like,
1: perfect. There you go. So let's say you started putting $50 a month into your Roth IRA right? So you mentioned Roth IRA, mm-hmm. $50 a month. I think most people can figure out how to do that, right? That maybe you even create a side hustle to do an extra $50 a month. If you were to do that till you were 65, okay, 40 years, putting in just $50 a month. Well, $50 times 12 times 40 is like $24,000, I think.
0: Oh, that was, I, listen, I love math. I don't do it
1: mentally. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I jump. I could double check, but I yeah. think it's, I think it's $24,000. Calculations right now. Okay. I can so, be okay. your calculator. So 50 times 12 times 40. Yeah, okay. I was right. $24,000. Okay. Okay. Good job. So you've, you've taken $24,000 over 40 years from the make money world and you've put it into the grow money world. Okay. Yeah. Now let's say you can get a 15% return on your money, which we can talk about like how to get that and is that realistic and adjust it up and down or whatever. Mm. But like, let's say you're able to average 15% over 40 years, your money would grow to over 1.1 million. Right. And since it's in a Roth IRA, you would be a tax-free millionaire. Cause guess what? You can take that money out tax-free.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Can you, can you quickly break down because, um, some people listening, like they will get on the calculators. How does the, Twenty four thousand turn into over a million dollars. You don't okay, have to do the get. exact. I'm going to
1: pull my... up. I'm going to pull up my compound interest calculator. <gasps> you have a compound interest in. calculator? Yes, yeah, so you can get it for free on your phone. Okay, there's a an app called what's what are you called? It's called Easy Calculators. Okay. Easy Calculators. Yes. And uh, one of the calculators on here, you have a loan calculator if you want to figure out mortgage payments, and you have a compound interest calculator if you want to figure out this sort of thing. So oh my I'm god, this is in, so great. Awesome right i'm putting in monthly deposit of $50 and i'm going to put 480 months that's 40 years and i'll put in 15% interest and click calculate okay that actually that's more than I thought it's actually 1.57 oh my God. Right so over one and a half million dollars yeah. So you have 1.57 million dollars in change okay Um, you put in 24,000 so like most of it you know 1.54 and change is your money growing for you yeah how are you gonna how are you gonna generate that and pay taxes on that and make that happen like it's just um your money can grow and work harder for you than you can work for it so there is this piece about just like let it do its thing yeah right because again the making money is the hard part and that's what everybody's so focused on in fact i had i was having a conversation with somebody that was considering working with me and they had, you know, I think like $100,000 or $200,000 in assets. And they were like, well, I really need to like do create my online course first and get some income coming in from my online course before I learn how to invest my $100,000. I'm like, what? That's, that's insane. If you take like two hours to learn how to invest that hundred dollars to $200,000, that can finance your whole course. That's going to make your life so much easier. So I, I feel like people really focus on what's going to be the hardest thing they can possibly do versus yeah (laughs) well, they feel they you know we've been taught like if you work hard
0: and you get paid well and like that is that only stream like the making money it's like okay if you want to be rich then nobody looks at not nobody but typically you know we're not looking at investments and uh, these like quote, easy methods. We're looking at, okay, if I want to make a lot of money, I got to get a better job or I got to ask for a promotion or like something like that, relying on somebody else and these paychecks. When in reality, like as soon as you, you learn the concept of compounding interest, mind blown, mind blown. Um, so, okay. We're gonna talk about investing, and that's gonna be like super exciting. Um, but let's start. Let's start at like the basics. So you talk about cash flow forecasting, um, and how does that relate to budgeting?
1: So I I often use cash flow planning or cash flow forecasting instead of the word budgeting because budgeting makes people instinctively feel like tight or contracted, mm-hmm. and that's not what this is. So a cash flow plan or a cash flow forecast is a plan for the cash that's flowing in. It's income based. So, how are you going to allocate your income? And depending on how you allocate your income, that puts you into a certain cash flow pattern or, or cash flow cycle. So, the typical cash flow pattern of a poor person is some money comes in and it goes out and they're back at square one. The typical cash flow pattern of a middle class person is some money comes in, they use some of it to buy things that are actually going to increase their expenses, like taking on student loans, buying a car mm-hmm. with a loan on it. Uh, buying a house with a mortgage on it and so now their expenses increase and their lifestyle increases and now they have even more expenses and that comes out the expense column the cash flow pattern of a wealthy person is they also have income coming in they use some of that income to invest in assets that give them passive income yeah and then they can reinvest some of that passive income into more assets that give them more passive income and that puts you into this really lovely prosperity cycle where your money is growing for you and then that money is generating more money and then that money is growing for you and life gets easier and easier and easier and easier so those are oversimplified obviously like it's not like wealthy people never borrow money or never have expenses but if it, it allows you that awareness to say okay every time income comes in i have a choice am i going to reaffirm the cash flow pattern of a poor person by just spending everything i make am i going to reaffirm the cash flow pattern of a middle class person by Putting it down on something yeah. that's going to be some expenses, or am I going to take some of that money and put it into assets? And so, the main takeaway I want people to get from this is if you're consistently taking some of your income and putting it into buying assets, you're basically like growing a golden goose, your own golden goose that's going to give you golden eggs for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can take and some of your income, even like $50 a month, like I mentioned, $25 a month, the habit of managing your money is more important than the amount right? Just get into that wealth cycle, build that muscle of investing consistently month in and month out, and you get that compound interest on your side.
0: Yeah. Wow. Oh gosh. This is like, I'm so excited. I'm so, I, um, the different like poor person, middle-class person and wealthy person, that was such a, a good visual because it's true. And a lot of us are, you know, are, middle class or you know whatever and our parents have taught us like because that's all that they knew and then and they came from parents that were coming from the great depression and so there's like this like restrictive mindset there and it all like trickles down um so i'm excited now 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 let's get into like okay here we are where do we get started so i like that okay so we're 25 25 we've got some income coming in you know not a ton but because we just started our career but like we've got some income um we built a savings account because somebody told us to so we know we're supposed to be putting money away there so we've got like you know a little bit there feel okay about it um we we sort of budget uh we understand a budget um you know we're like okay like but like what what's next what is next for our 25 year old person
1: well i would say um Okay. Do we want to talk about what's next in becoming financially free as soon as possible? Or do we want to talk about what, what's next in terms of how to get started investing? Interesting. 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 Um, let's,
0: let's start with how to get started with investing. I feel like okay. that, that's like the lower hanging fruit. And then um, if we have time today or we'll bring you back on um, we'll talk into, okay, those of you who are interested in becoming financially free, free fire movement, never work again, that kind of thing. We can go into that, but let's just baseline getting started with investing.
1: Okay. So getting started with investing. I mean, you're already familiar with savings accounts. So Mm -hmm. a really easy place to start is to have a savings account that you designate as your investment account. So what a lot of people do is they have their checking and then they have one or more savings accounts and it's all just kind of slushy, like they just call it their savings account. I don't have any account called savings. Yeah. I have savings accounts, but each one has a very specific purpose. So this is one of the ways that you can give your money a job. Remember how I said you can get your money working for you? Yeah. Like think about it as giving your money a specific job or assignment. So I don't have just a savings account. I have a reserve account. The job of that money is to be there in case of emergency. That's my cash cushion. Yes. Yeah. If my cat needs to go to the vet or, you know, whatever there's, there's a cash buffer between me and life's unexpected stuff right so it's almost like a little insurance policy like i'm self insuring mm-hmm. through life's unexpected events so that is the job of that savings account to get started investing it's i think it's cool to have a savings account whose job is to be a place to park money on its way to invest somewhere else And the reason I like this is because it's easy to set up a savings account. You probably already have one, you probably already Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And it's really easy to transfer money in there. So when you have a little uh, investment parking spot like that, then you can do some really fun things that are gonna help you save and invest more. One thing you can do is you can set up an auto transfer. The studies have shown that people who have auto transfers set up save 81% more than people who don't, right? So that's just like a really easy brain hack, just have some money automatically going into that account. Even if you don't know where it's gonna get invested just yet, but the thing is like when it's in a separate account you're protecting it from getting spent accidentally on something else yeah. so like think about the times in your life when you've like gone to the grocery store and on the receipt it says you saved $11.40 or you thought you were going to have to pay for lunch and a friend decided to treat you or you took some clothes to the checkout counter and you found out it was 20% off so like you saved money right mm-hmm. but where is that money now it didn't really get saved. It just got spent on something else, right? Yeah. So having an account like this allows you to transfer money from the make money world to the grow money world and protect it from getting spent on something else. And then we'll talk about the next step, which is to then move it into something that's going to give you more than like interest on a savings account, right? Um, So you can do fun things like set up an auto transfer. You can also, when you do save money, transfer it. So if I go to the store and it says you saved $11.40, I make a note on my phone to transfer that to my investment account. Same thing if I get unexpected income or unexpected savings. Or sometimes I'll play a game with myself where I go out to eat and I'm like, well, you know, I would, if I wasn't thinking about this, I'd probably order this thing. But if I ordered this thing for $10 less, I could put $10 in my investment account. It's yeah. you know? all so like I'll play little games like that. And then I'll make a note to, you know, transfer that uh, $10. And so then, you know, when I'm actually like doing my accounting and my money stuff, I'll look at that note and I'll transfer the money over to my investment account. And if and it, like these little things add up, for me it ends up being hundreds of dollars extra a month. And we talked about the power of just fifty dollars a month, yeah. right? If you start early, so this can make millions of dollars in difference in your life over time, especially if you start doing it, you know, when you're younger. Um, so I really like that, and that account allows you to do that easily, whereas it would be a little trickier with like a brokerage account or something. So that's like the first place I would start. That's very easy to understand and implement. And then you're earning like a little bit of interest. Um, and then of course you want to look at, okay, now where can I actually invest to get my money growing faster? Right.
0: Gotcha. So we've got like your, you know, your checking account where like debit card comes out of, and yeah. then you set up a different one to set aside money on reserve to invest and now yeah. we're picking our investments.
1: And I would have it be a savings account, not a Okay. Checking yes, yeah. Yeah, and there's actually um, one really fun thing if you're just getting started is to have a prize-linked savings account. Do you know about Yada Savings? No. Oh my God, Sarah, this is so fun. So this is something that's been around in the UK for a while. Okay. Um, Yada is the only one I know across the US. There are some local ones, but how a prize-linked savings account works is it's a regular savings account, FDIC insured, You put money in, you earn some interest on it, but you also get tickets to the lottery. So with Yotta Savings specifically, and it's an app you download on your phone, it's an an online bank, Um, for every $25 you have in your savings account up to 10,000, you get a ticket for that week's lottery for for every week. So if you have $25 in your account, every week you get one ticket. Are you with me? You have $50 in your account, every week you get two tickets. and that allows you to win prizes. So they can be cash prizes. You could win a Tesla. You could win all the way up to $10 million. So like when you can win all the way up to $10 million, starting with just $25, savings just got savings just got way more wait, wait, hold on, I okay. need you to spell it. You're saying Yachty and you said price something. Yes, it is Y-O-T-T-A. Okay. Y-O-T-T-A savings is the specific one I use. Okay. But you can look wherever you are in the world, Google prize linked savings account. Okay. I see No, Yeah. And you can look in your area and see if they have one. And I I was one number away from winning a Tesla one week. No. Really exciting. And I got to see the video of the woman who did win it. And it was just like super inspiring.
0: Oh, oh my God. That's so much fun. Okay. Yes. I love that. So Y-O-T-T-A. I'm writing that down.
1: Yeah, so you could park your money somewhere like Yada um, while you're waiting to invest. Does it, it in have,
0: does it also uh, accrue interest or is it just the lottery? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it has, it's, it's actually on? like 0.2 interest. So it's, oh, wow. Not pretty... as, it's not as good as like Ally Bank or some of these, um, but it's better than like Bank of America or Wells Fargo that pays oh. like 0, 0.1. Oh, my God. I, mm, Bank of America. It's like, why do you even, why do you why, bother? why bother? Yes, exactly. So, um, So it pays a little higher, but then when you average out the prices, the prizes sorry when you average out the prizes i think you end up getting more like 2% if they also have these things called crypto buckets if you put some money in crypto buckets i think that's averaging more like 4% yeah.
0: i just learned about like oh gosh what was the 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 coin that is backed by the dollar and there's like yeah 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 there's some people that i was working with and they had it were uh, building like an app with a savings account that was crypto backed, so their um, theirs was nine percent interest. Uh, it was, I mean, very very cool that they're a startup. So I'm like, please start up, man! Like I hope that they do
1: well. Well, you can do that if you. There are um, certain cryptocurrency exchanges that'll pay you interest, like um, Celsius and Voyager, the ones I know of right now that are doing the best. I've been using BlockFi, but they're going through a whole. So BlockFi, I was getting nine and a quarter percent on my USDC coin, Yeah, um, which I think I still am, but I can't put any more money in the account and people can't open new accounts. With Voyager and Celsius, I think you can. Mm-hmm. BlockFi is going through um, getting, I don't know what you call it, approved with the SEC or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So They're kind of like frozen. Yeah, need a whole um, But yeah, there are crypto exchanges that'll pay you interest on your crypto and you can get what's called a stable coin, which is a coin that's- yes,
0: yeah, stable coin, pegged, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's pegged to a certain currency. So like USDC or GUSD, some of these, they're pegged to the US dollar. So it's not gonna go up in value, but it's also not gonna go down in value.
0: Yes, it's, it's just a little the, bit more of a secure, like warm, fuzzy feeling if you're just getting into crypto, yeah, which is so cool. a
1: whole nother conversation. Yeah, totally, and we can we can completely geek out on crypto. Uh, that's that's something that, um, there's a lot of fun things you could do with that, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And I was just, I was actually just flown out to Salt Lake city. My first um, post COVID trip to be the first woman they interviewed about cryptocurrency for their revealed films, docu-series. So I'm no
0: way. That. Oh, that's cool.
1: Oh, congrats on yeah. that. I've never, never been there, but that sounds super Super fun. cool. So we talked about savings account. We talked about prize linked savings accounts. Um, but, the, but where we really want to go is, is investing. Yes. Right? And so what you want to do is set up an investment account and, I like like to take advantage of accounts that have tax breaks Mm -hmm. Um, and there are different types of accounts in different countries. So like if you're in the United States, my favorite is what you have, Sarah, which is the Roth IRA, R-O-T-H-I-R-A. And what I love about the Roth IRA is you don't get a tax deduction going in, but your money can grow tax-free and then you can take it out tax-free. So like in our example, you would pay taxes on that 24,000 you put in, but then it would get up to that 1.5 something and you wouldn't have to pay taxes on that. So would yeah. you rather pay taxes on the 24,000 or would you rather pay taxes on the 1.5 million? I'd rather yeah. pay taxes on the 24,000, right? Exactly. So that's why I really Especially like Especially as app.
0: if you're young, then we're, and we're probably at a lower tax bracket than we would be when we're taking it out. That's a whole Maybe,
1: maybe not. You know, my husband has the opposite view. He's like, well, I think, you know, I should do the traditional because then, I'm, you know, I'm getting a tax break at my tax bracket now, and I'll probably be in a lower tax bracket when I oh, retire. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm like, I don't think we can know what tax bracket we're gonna be in when we retire necessarily because, you know, inflation is pushing us into higher tax brackets all the time. True. There's always different like tax reforms. It's usually mm-hmm. just means like, let's, you know, stick it yeah. to the people harder. Um, so I, I don't know about that, but what I do know is with a Roth IRA, you're not gonna have to pay tax when you take it out. And I like that. So that's my favorite. Um, And then obviously anything with a match is great even if it is traditional. So if you have a job with a 401k or if you have a business that's grown to the point where it makes sense to set up your own 401k for your business or solo K it's sometimes called. Um, If there's matching, that's like an instant guaranteed hundred percent return on your investment. So I'm all about that. So I would go like anything with a match and then Roth And then um, if you're self-employed, you might look at a SEP IRA until it makes sense for you to get your own 401k. Um, And then, you know, and then traditional. And then one last tax advantage thing in the U.S. that I might consider is there's the thing called a health savings account or HSA.
0: Oh, I've heard of that, yes.
1: Yeah, and that can almost become kind of like another little retirement account that's just for health stuff. But like, chances are you're gonna have health stuff, Yeah. right? but it's another tax advantage account. So it's not officially for retirement, but it can kind of serve as another account like that. And then finally, uh, oh, and if you're in Canada, the closest equivalent to a Roth IRA is a TFSA, which is Mm -hmm. tax Free savings account. The name is a little weird because it's not a savings account. It's an investment account. Um, And then in the UK, the closest thing is an ISA, an ISA that invests in stocks and shares. So wherever you are in the world, you can Google Roth IRA equivalent your country And pretty much wherever you are in the world, you can get just a regular old brokerage account. It doesn't have any like special, you know, bells and whistles. Um, You know, I like online brokerage accounts because they're usually free to set up and a lot of them have no trading fees right now. I don't know of any that are completely free in Canada, but there are quite a few completely free in the United States, like TD Ameritrade, E Trade. Um, I use TD Ameritrade. So if you want to see a demo of like, how to set up your brokerage account step-by-step. Step. You can check out my Penelope Jane Smith YouTube channel. And I have a demo video on there of like, here's how to set up your brokerage account. And I have another video of like, here's how to buy investments in your brokerage account. Okay, so nice. If okay, If you good. want somebody to just like walk you through it step-by-step step with screenshots, I created a public account with real money just to show people how to do it. Nice. Yeah. So that's, so you, so you want to set up your account. And then the next thing you want to do is decide on your investment strategy. And I think this is something that you haven't talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. And something that a lot of people miss because it's just like, well, should I invest in the market? Should I invest in gold? Should I invest in cryptocurrency? Like people start thinking about specific investments, but there's no cohesive plan. There's no complete cohesive strategy. So it's very confusing. And when you talk to people in the financial world, financial advisors, certified financial planners, like that whole financial Wall Street industry, they want investing to seem super complicated. So you just hand your money over to them and you're like, take care of it for me. I couldn't possibly understand. This kind of goes back to what you're talking about, yeah. with our conditioning and education, right? Yes. So we've been conditioned to think that investing is super complicated. And the truth is it's not yeah. at all. It's super easy. And um, if you if you just have a little bit of financial education, which we're getting here on this podcast, um, so we can talk about investment strategy. But the point is, a strategy is a clear plan based on real data for protecting and growing your money. So if you want, we can dive into like specific strategies. Let's know exactly. Yeah,
0: where you want to it. yeah, okay. no, let's do it. And I want to I want to also clarify some things um, for those listening, and then just knowing where I was before I learned about a Roth IRA. So Roth IRA, like the traditional 401ks, these are investment accounts to save for retirement. There is like a date that you can take them out, those type of things. This is not yet like an investment account where you are like actively getting passive income that you can then liquidate or take out right now. That's different, right?
1: Well, there are rules on when you can take it out, but with a Roth IRA, uh, you can take your contributions back out at a certain point. Okay. Um, you're not supposed to take your growth out until you're a certain age and the money's been in there a certain long, you know, a certain amount of time. Yeah. But um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a contrarian, like you are, Sarah, where they're like, this is the way it is. I'm like, oh, really? Is oh, really? Right. Yeah. So when they're like, well, you can't take money out of your IRA, or you're like, well, what if I did, right? What, <laughs> what if I did? What if I want like, how, how are you going to stop me? So basically, um, if you take money out uh, before the, the time and all of that, you pay, you pay a penalty, yes. right? And people don't like penalties. It's the cost of doing business, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say it makes sense to take it out sooner. And you're like, okay, well, there's a 10% penalty. Okay, I'll pay it. You know, I had, when, when they made the, they did the thing where they made health insurance mandatory and it was like, oh gosh, what was it? It was like, okay, if you don't buy health insurance, you're going to be fined. I was like, okay, how much is the fine? Yeah. I I find out. I'm like, I'll just pay it. Like when when somebody like says, oh, there's a fee or a penalty. I'm like, well, how much is it? And then like, looking at the overview of what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have health insurance now and I'm super grateful, but there was a time <laughs> where I was like, I don't want to spend $500 a month on health insurance. I'd rather just pay the fee. Um, at this point, I'd probably rather have the health insurance, but yeah. what I'm saying is like, it just, it just, you got to look at the whole picture. And if there's a fee, there's a fee, there's fees with financial advisors too. And if they're doing a good job, it's worth paying. Yeah. And if they're not, then I don't think it's worth paying.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is, so we are, we are, uh, we've set up our account, our investment accounts. We are currently investing for our retirement. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: So, well, for retirement or, I mean, just any investing. Okay? okay. But what I like about these accounts is they give you tax breaks when you're saving for mm-hmm. your retirement. Okay. And, you know, we think of retirement as an age, like retirement is um, you know, 65 years old. Right. But part of the reason I prefer the term financial freedom is it's not, it's not an age, it's just a number.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, when, when is your passive income more than your expenses? You're financially free. You can do yeah. that at 85, you can do that at 25. Like 65 is completely arbitrary, but it's not actually arbitrary. It's based on social security. So how they figured this out was they're like, okay, if we make the, reti- the retirement age 65, most people will die before they need social security and we won't have to pay. And if we do have to pay, we won't have to pay for very long. So, it's based on the average lifespan when the Social Security program was set up. And we've all been conditioned to think of it as 65. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, this, I mean, all of these are, I've talked a lot about the book Financial Freedom by, gosh, you know who I'm talking about? Oh, wait. Grant Sabat, Sabatier. You, know. Oh, oh my God. Penelope, you? you're literally like speaking the book, like you're going to read it and laugh. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're going to re I, I cannot believe you have. Okay. It's very, very good. I um, mean, that's how I got like really introduced to the, like the financial freedom. And when you said like retirement isn't an age, it's a number. Um, I've done, I have did a podcast episode, at least one talking about like calculating your number and like that literally is what you need. Like that's how you know how much you need to save or invest in order to get, like be able to like not work. Um, I cannot, you have to, Oh, whatever. We'll talk about that in a second or like after this, but you have to read it. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So investment strategy, investment strategy, let's get into that.
1: So let's talk about one really easy investment strategy. That's going to work for a lot of people here when you're first getting started. Okay. Um, One of the leading strategies coming out of the big box financial advisor world. And when I say that, it's just like anybody that has you in like a bunch of different mutual funds, that like rebalance your portfolio, literally me you know, that's, that's what I would call a big box advisor. So any like conventional thinker, that's, you know, probably going to get you conventional results. Um, doesn't mean they're bad people. Yeah. It's just some of the strategies they're doing are kind of outdated. So one of the leading strategies is just the buy and hold strategy. They'll just have you buy and hold. Sometimes one thing, usually lots of things, because when we see all this work and all these positions and all this effort, it makes us feel better about paying the fees. It makes us feel like we're Getting value for our money. Whereas if they just put us into one fund, we'd be like, this seems too easy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, with the buy and hold strategy, that's where you just put money into the market consistently and you can decide like on what split. We can talk about that, you know, in a minute. Um, For example, Dave Ramsey, if you listen to him, you know, his strategy is you buy and hold and he suggests four different types of funds. So, having a growth fund. A growth and income fund, an aggressive fund, and an international fund. So you invest like you know twenty five percent of your money into each one of those, and you just hold it forever, right? That's that's one version of the buy and hold strategy. Um, and it's fine, it, you know that these the strategy will work. It's just there there's pros and cons with every strategy. Mm-hmm. So what I like about the buy and hold strategy is it's passive. I mean, if we're talking about passive income, that is pretty passive. And the truth about passive income is it's a spectrum, right? So like just putting money into a buy and hold strategy where you're just like buying a fund and that's it, that is a lot more passive than like rental real estate. And I've had you know, 35 properties all over the United States. And I will tell you that even with property managers, it's not completely passive. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. there's a range. So what I like about it, it is it is quite passive. You can set it and forget it. And that I love, love, love that part. Um, the cons, to the buy and hold strategy are, first of all, you um, expose yourself to big market crashes and corrections. So like, you know, the 2008 financial crisis or the dot-com bubble, like where, you know, the market goes down 50, 60% and it can take five to six years to recover. Who you have to just breathe through that. Yeah. You know, and you have to just be like, okay, that's just part of the game. But I know that like over time, you know, the market goes up. Um, sure hope this doesn't happen like right when I need the money, right? So if that happens to you, like that could give you financial PTSD, right? Yeah. So that, that's, that's a definite downside. Um, and then the other downside is there's no leveraging the stable uptrends in the market, which is, inv- this is a money leak that's invisible to most people. But like if the market is in a stable uptrend, where are the opportunities to actually grow your money faster without increasing your risk? You know, the buy and hold strategy doesn't look at that. And so if you imagine it's kind of like driving your car across the country, it's, like, it's kind of like saying, I'm just gonna go the speed limit the whole way. I'm just gonna go 65, let's say I'm just gonna go 65 the whole way. And when the storms come in and we come to a bend in the road, I'm not gonna take my foot off the gas pedal, I'm just gonna keep going and I'm gonna total my car a few times, but that's okay, I'll still eventually get there, right? And I'm also never gonna go more than the speed limit. I'm just gonna go the speed limit the whole way. And you can get, you can get there. You can absolutely get there. Um, what I like about this is it's, it's very easy to implement. So we're talking about like, what if people are kind of scared or intimidated to get started? Um, there's something you need to understand is the difference between volatility and risk, okay? So volatility is like a it's like a roller coaster. So it the market goes up and down like a roller coaster, right? Yeah. That's the volatility part. And it's going up and down all the time, all the all, you always have that volatility. But the risk of actually getting hurt, that's a different thing. So if you're on the roller coaster and you're strapped in and everything's working properly, even though it goes up and down, your risk of actually getting hurt on the roller coaster is minimal. And that's not to say that people never get hurt on roller coasters, mm-hmm. but it's minimal, right? And so same thing, if you're doing the buy and hold strategy over a long period of time, and you're just like breathing or screaming through the yeah. <laughs> volatility, the longer you stay on the ride, the less likely you are to lose money. So if you look at the entire history of the stock market in any like one year period, the market's up like more than 70% of the time,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Right. If you look at any five-year period, it's up more like, you know, more than 85% of the time. And if you go to like any 20-year rolling period of the stock market, it's up 100% of the time. So that's not to say that that couldn't change because it could. I mean, our entire financial system could collapse and, you know, we could get rid of money altogether. And like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but past performance does not indicate future results. However, that's all the data that we have to go on right so based on the data that we have you know the longer you leave your money in the market the less likely you're going to lose money Is my point okay and so that's what you have to remember if you're going to do the buy and hold strategy and if that's something that interests you then the good news is you can implement that on your own with one symbol super easy in pretty much any online brokerage account in the world you can just find a fund that tracks the market, and buy that. And so your investments are going to do pretty much what the market does. For example, this is not a stock pick or recommendation. None of this is investment advice.
0: Yes, the like, disclaimer. Go for it. yeah. Yeah,
1: but like IVV, that's a fund that tracks a segment of the United States market. So, and even if you're not in the United States, the United States stock market affects you, yeah. and you can invest in it. So the S&P 500 is, it's an index. It's a way of measuring the stock market. That's like a basket of the top 500 stocks in the United States. But even within that basket, some of the income comes in from international. So you still have international exposure. You still have diversification in different sizes of companies. So even if you just own that one thing like IVV, you have a lot of diversification inside that one thing. Hmm. So it's a way you can take something super complicated like the markets and keep it really, really simple, right? So let's say you just have your money going in to your account every month. You can have it auto-invested into something like IVV or FXAIX or SPY. There's like all these different funds that do basically the same thing, track the S&P 500. You could track the NASDAQ if you wanted to. You could track a fund that does the whole world if it upsets you to have it be like just the US. Um, But when you do something like that, you're keeping your investing really simple And your investments are gonna do pretty much what the market does. And the market tends to do well over time. This also gives you a baseline. If you are gonna work with a financial advisor or not, can they do better than that? So you can pull up Yahoo Finance or stockcharts.com for free and see what has IVV been doing, Mm -hmm. right? And then look at what your financial advisor portfolio has been doing. And if they can consistently beat the market net of fees, awesome. If they can't, why are you paying them all this money to lose, to you know, make you less than you could do on your own for free, completely passively? Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Yes, no, it does make sense. And for those listening who um, maybe are new, uh, I've talked about like, I am with a brokerage account with Edward Jones and I love them, but it's definitely um, been because of a lack of confidence in myself and a lack of education. And I was like, I don't want, at this point, like it's doing well enough where I don't want to move that into my own responsibility until I feel like comfortable that I know what I'm doing. Um, but it's definitely been something that I'm curious about and uh, God love Jim, but yeah, I, he is definitely over 60 and he is a white man and like we've butt heads before where I'm like, Jim, I need us. I need you to be like more aggressive. Um, and he'll, he'll laugh. Like I really do love him and he's done like great for me. Um, but I know, you know, in the long run, I will probably need to take that over, especially with, you know, they're probably used to the people coming in who don't have financial education, aren't wanting to take on that much risk, aren't looking at like financial independence. Like they don't have that, those same goals. Um, so I always knew I was like, um, this is probably going to come back to me at some point, but I set this up when I was 16. So
1: yeah, you're doing great. And like the the big thing is like, get money in there. Right. Yeah. So the number one thing I would want to leave people with from this episode is start now, 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 you know, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today. Just do it. Like a big part of success is just savings rate, building that muscle of like getting money in there, building that investing muscle, building that investor identity, and just like start with whatever you can as soon as you can. And then you'll learn and tweak and grow. And I mean, there's, there's some investments that obviously like, I don't think are great to start off with, like. A lot of people are slinging whole life, and whole life insurance, which I think there's a certain point in your investing journey where that's like sprinkles on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. but I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the banana and the ice cream like you need, yeah. <laughs> you need some of those things first. Um, and, but that's better than not investing at all is my point. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I'm, there's a lot of financial advisors that are just like wonderful and um, they part of the problem is the lack of financial education in their clients. So people waltz in and they say, well, I want something medium risk. Like you said, something more aggressive, right? Well, words like risk and aggressive and conservative and media, like all of those are relative. Like, what do they mean? They mean different things to different people, right? Like when I look at, acorns the acorns app oh god their most, their, yeah. their, their most aggressive investment portfolio is like way too conservative for me so if you're just using those words then it's like well what are we talking about exactly you know but when you understand the difference between volatility and risk and you see oh okay this has some volatility but my risk of losing money is minimal and it's going to grow my money a lot faster okay now i now i can feel comfortable doing that
0: yeah um, so, okay. So we talk about investment strategy. we talk about buy and hold and I don't want to like take, you know, too much of your time. And I know this is already like getting to be a long episode, um, which I, if guys, if you want her to come back on, which I'm sure you do go to our most recent, uh, Instagram post and let me know. Um, and I will bring her back on if, if she's willing to come back on, but can we, um, talk about like one more investment strategy? Cause since we talked about buy and hold, uh, one more of like, okay, what's an alternative to that? And then we'll kind of wrap up.
1: Well, another really popular strategy in the big box financial world is the 60/40 split and that's where you put 60% of your money into stocks and 40% in bonds and sometimes it's like 70/30 it's not always like exactly 60/40 um so if we go back to our driving across the country analogy um the 60/40 split is like driving the whole way with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brakes which is not like not ideal for your car so it's going to slow you down but you're not gonna crash quite the same way that you do with the um, buy and hold. So it's like when you hit the turn in the road, you'll already be 40% on the break, even though you'll also be slower at the times when there's no turns. Um, So this strategy is all over the place in the big box financial advisor world. It's very popular. The thinking is that when stocks go down, bonds will go up, right? which, you know, bonds were on a bull market for the last like 35 years. So that was true in the last couple of big crashes. But if you look at what's happening in the markets now, it's not true anymore. Bonds are not the safe haven that we've been taught to believe they are. So I'm mentioning that strategy because it's so popular, but I don't think it's a good idea (laughs) at this point. And again, not giving financial advice, but if you look at like an actual price chart of bonds, bonds are not doing well. They're losing money. They're not they're not acting like the safe haven that we've been trained to think they are. Yeah. So if you have a lot of bonds in your portfolio, it's just, it's just something to consider, right? Um, the strategy that I follow is, you said one more, I'll give you two more. Um, it's called MPX. MP stands for market probability. And X stands for that X factor of like, where can you safely accelerate the growth of your money? So we, it's like beyond the scope of what we can get into, but I wanna make you aware of it because I wish yes. I had been aware of it when I was younger. Um, So how the MPX strategy works with the drive across the country is when the sun is out and the skies are blue and the road is dry and clear and straight, you hit the gas and you might even go over the speed limit if it's safe. Yeah. Right. And then as you see the clouds start coming in and the turns in the road coming, then you gradually slow down. And as the skies clear and the road becomes straight again, then you gradually speed up. And so instead of investing based on your self-described risk tolerance or your age, you're investing on probability. What's gonna give me the highest probability of protecting, it, protecting and growing my money based on what's actually happening in the markets right now. So it's not, it's not timing the market, it's aligning your money with what's actually happening in the market. And so the, the pros of MPX are it's a lot more peaceful, because you don't have to worry about like, oh my God, what happens if the market goes down 50%? It's like, well, I'm not going to participate in that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I don't need to worry about that. Um, it's also pretty easy. Like it takes, yeah, I mean, probably max like an hour a month to implement.
0: Okay. I was going to say, it, I was like, this sounds like it's, it's harder. It's not. It's, okay. well, I mean,
1: it's harder than doing nothing. Yes. Right? True. But you actually have to have like some awareness. You need to like look at a price chart every week or two. And if the market goes into red light mode, you need to look at a price chart like every day, you know, and see if there's anything you need to do. Because the presupposition with the 60-40 split and the buy and hold is that you'll never see those turns in the road coming. But in the reality, in reality, there's many signals yeah, <laughs> before the market crashes 50% for you to like slow down and hit the brakes and, and start stepping up. Um, so that's the reality and that's what we're aligning our money with. So that's, um, so it's, it's more peaceful. And then obviously since you're not taking the big crashes and you're leveraging the stable uptrends, the performance over time is better. Like if you look at, you know, the performance of the S and P 500 buy and hold versus MPX, MPX is probably like at least double. Mm -hmm. Um, That's with just asking one question. Should I be in or out of the market? And then the second question is, well, if in the market, then where, if out the market, then if out of the market, then where, like where's the best place for protecting and growing my money? Uh, so that could be more, you know, than twice as fast as the buy and hold over the last like 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, the downside, the downside to MPX is it is not set and forget. That's the biggest downside. You have to actually look at it, you know, and it's not hard. It's not like day trading yeah okay yeah.
0: yeah oh god yeah I was gonna say if we're gonna be talking that's what I thought this was gonna be like like day trading I was like I love that um no <laughs> I can't do that no this sounds like a lot more attainable and honestly I it's you know it could be a downside to not like set and forget but I find that to be like an upside like it is just enough active like it needs just enough of my attention where I'm staying on the pulse and I'm forced to like understand what's going on and Versus like if things are set and forget it, like that may seem convenient, but oftentimes that leads to forgetting about it and it not actually doing what you want it to do. And you don't notice it until a lot later and you miss opportunities.
1: Yeah, totally. So if that's something you're interested in, we talk more about that at my Financial Freedom 101 event. So if it's something you want to learn more about, then that might be an area that you want to go in um, and actually, for for people who are listening to the Atamble podcast, we have a special link set up where if you want to come to my Financial Freedom 101 event, that's a it's a three-day online event, so you don't have to travel. And in just three days, you get the tools to become financially free forever. You'll learn all about how I do cash flow planning and cash flow forecasting, how to turn your business, if you have a business, into a vehicle for generating wealth and freedom. You know, we'll go deep into investment strategy. We'll go deep into money management. So you'll get the financial education that you never got at home or in school. So the special link for that, because if you go to my website, realperspiring.com, it's 500 bucks. If you use this link, I'm going to give you. It's a $97 seat deposit, which you get back. So it's a full scholarship for being part of this community. And that link is giftfrompenelope.com, giftfrompenelope.com. So if you use that link, then you can get there on full scholarship. And that gives you, you you set aside three days, and then you have those skills for the rest of your life.
0: Awesome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I was just so generous of you. And we're going to have all of that linked in uh, the show notes for anybody who is driving and can't write it down or like whatever. Um, this has been like so jam-packed. I knew it would be. Um, I would love to have you back on, but uh, for those of you who cannot wait until we could get her back on, definitely go check out her event because if if this gave you like a little taste of what you're going to get and uh, the possibilities are endless once you have this information, it's, it's, you can really go go wherever you want. So thank you so much for coming on Penelope. I appreciate it so much. You shared so much and um, yeah, it's just great to have people who are willing to, to share and help others grow.
1: Absolutely. And again, I just, I hope to leave you with the start now, 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 you know, I yeah. saw this theme online that said, do something today that your future self will thank you for. And I'm so thankful to my past self that took the time to learn this stuff and put these systems in place. So I really encourage you to take what you're learning here from this conversation with me and Sarah and like, Get your savings account set up. Yes. Get your savings account set up. Do it. Do it. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I hope you guys feel empowered. Um, thank you all for listening.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, definitely go check out Penelope. We'll have everything linked, and then go to our Instagram and let us know that you loved it. Go comment. Go send us a DM. Spam us. Whatever. Um, if you did enjoy the podcast, please share it with a friend because we could use some more friends around here. We're all friends. It's like a nice big happy community. And if you really loved it and you really want to be like the bestie friend ever, you should go to Apple podcasts and leave a five-star review plus some words about how much you love me. And then you could go to Spotify and then do a rating there. They don't have reviews yet waiting for them to catch up. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I know you did. I love you all very much and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.